Dry eye syndrome is very common and it usually comes from one of two things. Uh, there's evaporative dry eye where the tear film evaporates too quickly, mostly because there's not enough oils in the tear film and the oils come from our oil glands that are in our eyelids. So that's sort of an eyelid problem. There's also what's called aqueous tear deficiency, which means there's just not enough watery tears. That's when the lacrimal gland itself that produces the watery tears isn't functioning or pumping out enough tears. When we see patients with dry eye, their complaints are varied. It can be anywhere from burning, scratchy, gritty, to intermittent redness, to I just can't see as well. My vision fluctuates. So dry eye doesn't have to be a sensation. It can just be vision. But dry eye can certainly be uh, my eyes are not comfortable. I like to tell patients that as we age, we dry out. And that is certainly true for our eyes. So dry eye disease is extremely common. Most of us will be affected to some degree. It gets more common as we age, so you start to see it increase in the 40s and 50s, and it seems to just get a little bit more severe from there. And so at some point in our life, to some degree, most of us will experience dry eye. Dry eye can be caused by a variety of factors. The most commonly, it's just plugging of the oil glands in the eyelids, which we're unsure why exactly that happens, but it, that's the number one cause. But there can also be underlying medical conditions, specifically in the category of autoimmune diseases that can cause dry eye as well. They tend to produce inflammation of the glands. They can sometimes attack the lacrimal gland and reduce production of tears. So you really have to think about a patient's overall health when you're thinking about dry eye syndrome. I tell patients that dry eye disease is manageable, not curable. Uh, we're usually successful in getting it to a level where it is managed and the symptoms are very minimal. That may just take a drop and warm compresses or it may take a few prescription medications or even treatments like an intense pulse light therapy to the eyelids. The key to diagnosing dry eye is listening to the patient's symptoms and then a detailed analysis of their ocular exam, mainly the ocular surface. We have a diagnostic tool as well that measures um, tear film osmolarity, which is uh, a measurement of how dry or more dry, less dry the tear film is. So as we institute treatments, um, we can actually measure the effect. So at Revision, we are dry eye experts because we are cornea experts and cornea specialists. The cornea is the structure of the eye that becomes dry. And so we're very comfortable with managing dry eye syndrome, and a lot of our patients have dry eye syndrome. Uh, we approach it in a stepwise or methodical manner. We start with the, what is easy and basic and warm compresses and artificial tears. Uh, if that's not enough, we recommend an eye comfort box, which is a kit that has several different treatments in it to help your dry eye, and they work all in slightly different ways. If patients are still dry despite those measures, we usually recommend prescription drops, and there are a few different versions or options available for prescription dry eye treatment. Uh, and then we work our way up to intense light, pulse light therapy, which actually targets the oil glands with a broad spectrum of light and heat. Uh, so there's several options, and it all depends on your severity or how you're responding to current treatment. As far as dry eye prevention, um, 
you know, good nutrition, good lid hygiene um, are very important. If you have medical conditions, particularly autoimmune diseases, uh, those can contribute to dry eye disease. So seeing your rheumatologist regularly, staying on the proper medications can assist in um, helping your symptomatic dryness. You need to think about your overall health. You need to get enough sleep so you're not chronically inflamed and your eyes aren't dry. You need to hydrate so your overall body hydration affects your eye hydration as well. And because dry eye is so common and it usually stems from the oil glands being plugged up, I think everybody, whether or not they're symptomatic, should do some warm compresses on their eyelids and occasional artificial tears to really prevent dryness from ever happening in the first place. So when patients come to revision for evaluation for eye surgery, whether it be LASIK or a corneal procedure or cataract surgery, we are doing a thorough eye exam to be sure that the patient is a proper candidate. During this eye exam, attention to dry eye or the surface environment of the eye is key. If dry eye is significant, the numbers that we get can be skewed and not natural to the patient. And that is not what we're looking for. So if patients have significant dryness, we will address that first to make sure that their measurements are accurate. And as they go through a surgical procedure, if their dry eye is treated ahead of time, they're just going to do better. It's a little bit of a misnomer that LASIK causes dry eye or surgery of the eye causes dryness. So these procedures are not directly related to dryness, but certainly if you have dry eye and then you have surgery, the dry eye can be more significant. It's also interesting that dry eye is one of the number one reasons why we do LASIK. So how, how is that? Well, patients pursue LASIK when they can't wear their contacts as well as they used to wear their contacts. So as we go through our 20s and into our 30s and 40s, our eyes are drying out. And so patients may not be able to wear contacts as long as they want to, or as long as they used to. And that's dryness. So it's interesting that dry eye becomes one of the biggest reasons why patients pursue LASIK. If you're struggling with um, intermittent vision, uh, intermittent redness, irritation, burning. Uh, those are all signs of dry eye. And please seek out treatment because we have very effective things to help patients with their dry eye symptoms.